Genevieve. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And you? I'm great, thanks. Um, welcome to the podcast. Really nice to have you on, finally. Thank you for asking. So we were both at the uh, Trans in the City Gala earlier in the year, weren't we? Down, we were. uh, down in London. And what an amazing event that was. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, there was two events, weren't there? There was the closing of the stock exchange beforehand and then the actual gala event at um, the second location, which I can't remember the name of the company oh, that hosted it. Huh? No, I can't either, but they did a good the, job anyway. It was amazing, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So you were also um, nominated at the event, weren't you? I was a complete surprise. Um, yeah, so how did that come about? What I can't remember the nomination category now. Uh, Want to talk about that? Corporate trans champion, um, which I'll say it was a complete surprise when I saw my name up there. Um, yeah. And I didn't actually know what the sequence of it was. I didn't realise it was a short list and things like that. So yeah, I was no thinking, please don't let me win this because I've got no idea what did I Did you have a speech do. prepared? Not at all, no. Um, but had you won, you would have been, oh, um, yeah, yeah, right, thanks. Quite. Um, <laughs> but in my job, I'm used to sort of, um, well, uh, going on the fly, if you like. So, um, yeah. yeah, I might have been able to come up with something. So it was um, Clifford Chance was the name of the... That's right, yeah. yeah. But it was, it was a, a great honour to be even on that list, really. Yeah, it was um, it was an amazing event. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, you know, your name being up there and also little Emily's name being up there as well and in a different category. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, you but I, I don't even know why I was nominated, to be honest. Well, it's because uh, of, obviously because of the work you've been doing. Yeah, but I don't think it's anything special. You know, I just do what I do because um, it's something that I'm passionate about. And, yeah. You know, it's obviously being trans, it um, affects you personally. So it's just trying to make it easier for other people. Yeah. So you're you're a you're a teacher by trade, aren't you? I am. Yes, I've been teaching twenty six years. Twenty six years. Wow, that's a long time. What and what's your what's your subject you teach? Uh, physics mainly. Physics. So you've been doing that for twenty six years. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is a, a secondary school. It is. Yeah. Which means your your kids are what eleven to eighteen age group. Yeah. So we are. So. so Okay, so you're transgender. You transitioned whilst you were a teacher, obviously. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk about, you know, a little bit about your um, transition history story? You know how okay. how it kind of came about for you, and well, you know, and then I guess towards the end of that, we'll we'll talk about how you transitioned at work and the reaction you got from everybody there. Yeah, can do. Um, well, I was six years old when, um, although I didn't have the words or the knowledge uh, exactly about exactly what was different, um, I do remember distinctly my mum saying to me one day, um, if you'd been a girl, you'd have been called Susan. And I remember thinking, yeah, I wish that had been the case. Um, and when I sort of looked back, I thought, yeah, that was, I think that's probably the first time I thought there was something different about me. Um, and as I was growing up, um, we didn't have internet then. Um, so it was a case of, there was no way of finding out these sort of things. Yeah. Um, and basically you didn't really, it's certainly not in Sunderland in the Northeast, we did not see trans people. 
Um, you, or if we did, it was just thought that they were transvestites. Yeah, so um, are we talking the 70s here, I would assume? 70s and 80s, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they were more, I mean, I, I, I just thought, well, all sort of fair play to them if that's what they wanted to do, but um, they were usually a, um, an object of ridicule. Um, yeah. And beaten up a lot, basically. And there was no, there was no help in schools or oh god no no church no, no. or family really back in those times no um it would have been i think you would have been sent to a psychiatrist if you yeah. told if you there would have been a lot of effort made to make you change your mind let's yeah, put it that way right. oh say so it's just a phase or whatever uh, yeah. but yeah so i grew up failing like this um never told a soul um i was quite badly picked on throughout secondary school um Maybe because I was more effeminate or because I didn't um, like sports. Mm. Um, and, you know, I wasn't a small kid, but I wasn't a particularly bulky one either. So, so did, I, did you have a lot of friends or were you kind of... I found it really hard to make friends. Um, when I was younger, uh, when I was sort of in primary, I had a lot of friends who were girls. Yeah. Um, but like once you get secondary, I found it really hard to make friends because, you know... Um, Certainly that when I was picked on so much, I certainly didn't want to look as if I'll give the bullies an excuse uh, to sort of say, oh, you're gay, you hang around with all the girls or whatever, you know. Um, so, no, I didn't have a lot of friends, one or two close ones, but um, I've still never told anyone because um, I was just so scared of what was going to be said or, you know, of, yeah. uh, it getting out, if you like. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the it's kind of the fear of what would happen if you said something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, what's going to happen to me if I'm if I tell somebody about this? And yeah. What are they going to do to me? And that, that those were my fears at the time. Yeah, and and in sort of a rough comprehensive. Oh yeah, I was um, in a rough comprehensive too. Yeah, you're not going to actually. No, it's going to you're going to have a brutal time. I'm telling you. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't think I would have got out alive, literally, yeah. in that school if I'd said ten more. Well, actually. You know, I want, I'm actually a girl. Um, so it was just sort of a, a well-kept secret with myself. Um, and it got later on. I mean, I managed to get out of there and I moved down south. And even then, because of Section 28, um, I I mean, I was, t I think, Section 28 finished in, what was it, 2003, is it? Not quite. Yeah, I'm not sure the year it was. It was something 2001, two, three, I don't know, but uh, I was teaching from 97. So I was still in section 28. Um, so there was another reason I couldn't actually do anything because I wouldn't have had a career. I wouldn't have even been allowed near a school. Um, so you wouldn't have been allowed to actually tell anybody in a school that you were trans? Mm -hmm. Is that Was that what? Section 28 did effectively? Oh, effectively. Or, yeah. or you weren't allowed to promote anything related weren't allowed to, to LGBT. But being, being LGBT, full stop, would have been classed as promoting it. So right. um, I don't I'd even have got on the teaching course. So you just maintained your kind of suppression of your feelings yeah. throughout all that period. Yeah. yeah. So got through all that. Um, and Section 28 was then repealed, but Kent had its own little version of it for a while. So you still couldn't do anything. And then once I'd finished, I was in a relationship. I never ever thought that I would be able to do what I've done. I never thought I'd be able to transition. 
So I ended up in a relationship with a woman uh, for 10 years. Yeah. Um, and obviously I couldn't tell her um, because of fear of losing her. Yeah. Um, and then I was doing a bit of cross-dressing sort of when I was with her. Um, yeah. She found out, um, but I still denied anything, just that, that I was trans anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sort of accepted that, but then it was just went downhill and we split up. Um, and basically I moved into a place. And then at that point I had a full, full wardrobe of clothes within weeks. Yeah. Um, and I was being me, um, not at work or anything. I was still keeping that quiet, again, from fear of um, judgment, I suppose, um, and what people would think and, and so on. Um, and after a while, I met my wife because um, I still didn't think I was going to be able to do anything about how I felt. Because um, again, there wasn't really at that time the support there is there is now. At least I wasn't aware of it. Um, so met my wife, ended up marrying her again. Did a little bit of um, off and on of I purged if when I met her. Um, certainly when I was moving in with her anyway, and thought you, no, you got rid of all your clothing and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I thought no, I can do this. I'm. I want to be with this person. I can do this. I can deny this. Yeah. Um, pretend it's not happening and yeah. so on. Um, and for a little while I did, but it just got worse and worse. <laughs> and then started like buying up things and, you know, when she was out and all that sort of stuff, um, which, you know, I'm not proud of, but I'm not sort of ashamed of either. Um, no, so she obviously didn't know No, this was going on. No. Um, and I think it's the same story as a lot of trans women. Yeah, it's a very similar story to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and then it got to the point where our marriage was not great because partly, um, well, for a lot of different reasons, but partly because I was getting more and more depressed um, about hiding who I was. Yeah. Um, more and more needing to actually present myself the way I felt. So those kind of suppressed feelings were, I guess, affecting your relationship in ways, in all kinds of ways, I would think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it got to January of 2020, and um, she actually sent me an email um, while I was at work asking me if I was uh, having an affair or I'd met someone else. Or, and the last thing she said was, uh, or are you trans? And I thought, well, it's now or never. Yeah, take the opportunity. Yeah, so I wrote back and said, yes, I am. Um, which was a fairly devastating blow. Yeah, get it. Um, But I was, I'd had enough of, of lying and, and um, basically hurting her. Yeah. Um, through no- I mean, it's very, it's very difficult to know you know, what the reaction of someone is going to be when you tell them. Yeah. Especially if you're in a relationship with them, because it, you know, it's not just your news about you. It's affecting the relationship too, possibly. Yeah. Quite. So she understandably reacted in a knee-jerk way um, Mm. and said she, right, that's it then. We're going to have to have a divorce and this, that, the other. Um 
Then a few weeks later, uh, a couple of weeks later, told me that she actually didn't want to lose me and wanted me in her life, which I thought, great, yeah, okay. I was slightly disappointed in a way because, and this is going to sound really awful, but I even had, I, because I was expecting it to just say, right, that's it, and it'll be divorced in no time. I'd even sort of um, inquired about immigrating to Canada and oh, well. I may have had a job on the line, uh, sort of somebody got me a possibility of a job and everything. Um, but she said about wanting to stay together, so I knocked all that in the head. I thought, I, I owe her that much. She wants to try, we'll try. Um, and to be fair, you know, for a while she did. Um, she was supportive. She found it really hard. Um, but the problem was every time she saw me in anything that I bought or, um, yeah. you know, shoes or whatever, um, you could see the look at her face. Yeah, her face having, was, a, having a bad reaction. Yeah, um, so I tend, and I, I was just thinking, look, I don't want to express this anymore, but I don't want to hurt you either. Um, but the it came to a head, basically, um, mm. last June, um, where she just said, I can't do this, I want a divorce. Um, so that's what happened. So you tried, it didn't work out. Well, I certainly tried. I'm not sure whether she tried as much as she was saying she did, as yeah. as I found out she'd been having an internet affair for months. But oh dear, yeah. Um, and actually had the, uh, the couldn't wait to get me out of the house. Um, and then four days after I moved out, she had this guy down there. Right. So I mean, that's 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 pretty much the end, isn't it? At that point. Yeah, so it certainly was for me. Yeah. Um, actually, I understood completely that she, how she felt and that she couldn't couldn't deal with um, me transitioning anymore. Mm. Uh, I understood that she didn't want or couldn't or didn't want, I don't know what the right phrase is, to that she couldn't change her sexuality. I would never have expected her to do that. Um, yeah. So that was fine, that bit. It was the... Have you, have you been able to remain... On friendly terms? Or? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Okay, so, yeah, nothing kind of worked out for you. Yeah, but that's just the way it is. You know? Yeah, it's, um, it, a lot of people have that, you know, go through that exact same thing you just described. And others, you know, they, they, they find a way to stay together. Mm. Yeah, it's, and good luck to those people like that yeah. too. I mean, I think it's brilliant. I mean, it, it, it is really brilliant if, you know, if, if, you, if your partner can you know, can understand what you're going through and accept it. Mm. Yeah, that I mean, that must be amazing. I, I didn't experience that, and you obviously didn't, but mm. yeah, that would be that would be great. Yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, there's good things come out of it. Um, you know, it was hard for a while. Yeah. Um, certainly at work, they knew um, what the situation was. Uh, and to be honest, I ended up having a couple of weeks off after she told me because I was just completely devastated. Yeah, yeah. Takes, uh, I mean, it takes a long time to kind of get used to the idea, doesn't it, that you're getting divorced, you're going to have to go through all that paperwork nightmare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. up what you own and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. 
But they hear hope. hope. You made it through. You got through it. Getting there, yeah. And then what about what about work? I mean, how did you how did you kind of breach the topic with them? Um, It was well, I'd already booked my surgery um, because I told my wife, family, um, friend, a lot of few friends, close friends at that point. Um, I'd always been of a mind that, and you know, it's people who just sort of say, right, I'm coming out. And then next day they're presenting female and they're walking about. I think that's brilliant. I, yeah, if you can do it. Yeah. yeah. If you can do it. I, I couldn't. And I'd already said to, to my wife and a few close people, I don't want to, to go full time until I look a little more feminine. Yeah, that's uh, fair enough. Till I've been on estrogen and the yeah, yeah. and stuff. So and I said, the day that I go for um, FFS and my um, breast augmentation is the day I do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I wanted to get sort of ready for that. And it was coming up to, I, I booked my surgery for August um, last year. Um, and I went to see the head and sat down with him and he said, uh, right, what can I do with you? And I said, right, please don't say anything till I'm finished what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I had a crib sheet in front of me and I just got through it um, and t- said everything. Yeah. And um, he was, he looked as like he was going to have a baby. To be fair. <laughs> um, but it bless him, he recovered and um, he said, right. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah. He said, I, th- I thought you were just going to see you leaving. Um, but right, he said, Well, before I say anything, you've got our full support, um, which was a nice that's what you want to hear. That's the first thing you want you really need to hear, yeah, quite. Yeah, Yeah. and he said, Um, I have no experience of this. Um, would you mind if I spoke to my deputy? So, did your your school have any kind of policies in place for this? They did, but not they they dealt with a lot of uh trans um teenagers. Yeah, it's probably more tuned in to the kids, isn't it? Rather than yeah, Yeah, they've got a little paragraph there saying you know about staff members just to um, but I don't think they did. Well, he said he'd never ever had to. Sort of uh, caught with a member of staff transitioning. Yeah, right. Um, and he had some questions, um, like what my plans were. Um, and uh, he said, So in September, you're going to come back as Genevieve? I said, Yeah. And he said, uh, And you'll be dressing, presenting as female? Yeah. And he went, Right, okay. Uh, we probably need to go through the dress code. He said, But you've got a bit of common sense. As long as you're not wearing a boob tube, it's fine. Yes. Uh, I was like, I'm 50. I know I'm going to be wearing That's a boob tube. Probably not going to happen. Yeah. No. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting that you were, you know, you were going to go to sur- for surgery, mm. facial feminization surgery, and, you know, breast augmentation, and then come straight back into work mm. as you. Yeah. I mean, that's like... You know, most most people kind of do the transition and do the surgeries later. Mm. But you were doing everything at the same time, pretty much. You were transitioning at work, plus you were having the surgeries at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, your appearance will be even more different to, you know, what it was previously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, 
Well, when, when I said about surgery, um, I told him when, and then he asked me to, I, I mean, I'll get back to surgery in a minute, but he asked me to go to tell who I was, well, he asked if you could tell the head about it, Debbie Head about it, and I knew her, and she's, she's a decent person, so I said, yeah, you can talk, tell her. After a few weeks, um, he asked if you could tell the senior staff, mm-hmm. uh, which I agreed to, and then he said, look, you're going to have to start telling your, the department, he said, it's up to you, but, you know, it would be sort of useful. So I basically went around and came out 10 times to different people. So this uh, was to staff members, was it? Yeah, yeah, my department. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a big school? You, you, you're... 1,700 kids. Okay, so that's, yeah, that is a very big school. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and all of them were fine with it. Um, in fact, very supportive of me. A um, couple of the, the female members of the staff were like, right, if you need help with dresses or shoes or you want any advice about hair, you make sure you tell us. And, you know, so it was great. Um, so you, you, got, you got total support from yeah. staff at work and you had your head. I mean, yeah. that's that's great. Yeah. So um, when I, I eventually, I mean, he did say about... Um, me just coming back after sort of September, he said he wasn't happy to do that because the parents would probably kick up more of a fuss that they didn't know. Um, I mean, I was of the opinion was none of their business, really. But yeah, I was going to say. I mean, is there an obligation to tell parents? Well, before the really. before the children. No, I but I, I mean, he'd be told everyone at the start at the same time, basically. I mean, it was going to be obvious anyway. Um, it's yeah. not like I said I was just I was gay or something where you know that's not out of outwardly obvious. Um, whereas when you transition, it is very obvious. Yeah. Um, so I said, look, well, you know, I was going to suggest doing it on the last day of term, and he said, no, I, I, if I do that, there'll be a kick, they'll kick up a fuss because I'm told them earlier. So I just said, look, well, usually in industry, somebody will take a week off, but tell the rest of the staff, they'll take a week off. Oh, yeah, they'll kind of tell everybody and then say, on, on this date, this person will be coming in. Yeah, yeah. As, so, as this, you know, with this name. Yeah, so that's what we did. And he said, right, I'm happy to give you a week off early. Um, I'll put the thing out. We'll word it together. Yeah. Um, it was just like in a, in a letter to parents. Kind it of. was just in a newsletter. He kept it quite low key, not making too much of a fuss about it, really, which was a, I thought was a good yeah. choice. Uh, he wrote something. I, I sort of looked at it and said, right, I want you to add something more about um, the way people talk to trans people about it being hate crime if they yeah. uh, give it a grief and he was happy to do that. So that went out. Um, and within about 10 minutes, I'd had half a dozen emails from different staff, well, a dozen emails from different staff uh, saying how, how brilliant it was and, and how brave I was and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I even got an uh, email from one of the kids who was a trans boy um, who immediately said, dear miss, um, I'm really happy with you for you and a little jealous um i think it's brilliant and this like the other so you know it was a it was a brought a tear to my eye when i saw that yeah so that was an out trans kid yeah 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 oh that's that's really nice so yeah um and when i went back it was a bit nerve-wracking yeah i can Um, imagine but you know i got the makeup right by then um i was uh 
hopefully reasonable taste in clothes by then. Um, walked in and everyone was absolutely fine. Um, seeing how different I looked facially after the surgery, yeah. Yeah. I knew that was happening. Um, you know, and really sportive. Um, and it was a great day um, until we went for lunch and one of the um, kitchen staff called me sir. Yeah, you're always going to get the odd one. Yeah, but um, I mean, I spoke to the head about it. It's never happened again. Um, I mean, it was fairly obvious it wasn't, I wasn't sir, certainly with yeah. what I was wearing. Um, and I don't think I've actually seen her again there. So yeah. Well, yeah, I, I got a couple. A couple of people were kind of misgendered, mm. dead named me yeah. the first month or two. Mm. I think it just takes, for some people, it just takes time for the for their brains to readjust to it using does. the correct pronouns and names and yeah, where, where others just get it immediately and, you, you know, it never happens. But I've never made a dead name yet, which was quite... Oh, that's good. Surprised me. Yeah. Um, I have been uh, misgendered a few times, but it's obviously just because they're so used to saying sir. Yeah. Um, or miss, or, sorry, sir or, or mister. Um, so I can't really complain. And, and some people have done it and been horrified that they've done it um, and profusely apologising. Yeah, if it's a genuine mistake. I mean, yeah, and I've just said, look, if it's a genuine mistake, don't worry about it. It's yeah. it's fine. I'm not, I'm not going to, like, rip your head off for it. I said, there's people who do it on purpose that's going to Yeah, just don't do it again. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. I also said, the longer I've known you, the more mistakes you're allowed to make. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. And what about what about your you know your other family members? How how were they with him? Well, my mum's family haven't got a clue because um, I actually don't. We don't speak anyway. Okay. Um, uh, when she died, she they, they left the police to come to tell me, um, and also went and collected her ashes and scattered them without telling me. Okay. Oh, so um, I don't think, as far as I'm concerned, they, they don't exist now. Right, so there's um, no, no communication there. No. Um, my wife's family have all cut me off now. They really? were, yeah, they were all supportive at first, but, you know, when the divorce came... Um, so they've kind of sided with you, actually. Yeah, but they're her family, so, you know, you can't really expect much else. Um, and the way I look at it is there was only about two of them that I was really bothered about anyway. Um, yeah. And... Um, my life isn't any less rich because they're not there, so let them get on with it. Do you, do you have brothers and sisters? No. No, so it's just you? Yeah, just me. And no kids? No. Right, so I mean, that's pretty much family on both sides kind of gone. Yeah, yeah. Not easy? No, but, you know, it's just the way it is, and, and I've been long enough hiding who I was. Um, and I got to the point where I thought, you know what, I'm not going to hide that anymore. I'm going to be proud of who I am now. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And probably that's been easier because I haven't had to um, come out to a lot of family. In a way. Yeah. yeah. And, and what about friends? Um, I'd put a I, I think my experience of friends, of friends is I lost, a, I lost one or two. Yeah. And a lot of the others... You know, because I worked in the States and Canada for a long time, they're still over there, so I never see them anyway. And then the ones who were, have been in the UK, you know, forever, 
you know, it's 20 years ago now, so I kind of lost touch. I think most of my friends these days is one or two from the old times. Hmm. But the majority of friends are new friends that I've met since transition, really. Yeah. Um, and, through, and through work, current work. Well, before when I had my old name, or my dead name account, um, when I got to the point where I was ready, I just put a big announcement out on it and was very forthright and just said, look, this is where the way it is. Um, if, if you want to still be in my life, you're very welcome. Yeah. Um, if you don't, well, I don't need you. Yeah. Um, and most people, the newer friends that I had stayed around. Uh, quite a lot of the old ones, as, you, as same as you, a few didn't. Um, but you kind of peel off and go very quiet, don't they? Yeah, exactly. You never hear from them again. <laughs> yeah. But there were people there that I really expected not to refriend me on my new account, but did. Um, one guy I've lived next door food to for 10 years. We used to go out and have a drink and go to rugby and all sorts of stuff. And um, and I always thought he was quite homophobic. Um, he was very old-fashioned, um, you know, ex-Irish sort of garda. And um, within minutes of me putting that out, he refriended me and said, it must have been really hard for you. Good for you. So, you know, some people surprise you. Yeah, some people do. I mean, I, I had, you know, one or two people that I was convinced were not going to be very happy about this news, but they totally surprised me and mm. had a completely opposite reaction to what I was expecting. And yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, and it was quite, it was, it was nice to see who your friends really were as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. It really kind of does, you know, make you, appreciate your friends doesn't it yeah you know the ones that stick around obviously yeah and, and the amount of posts i've had like or comments i've had saying you know i'm so happy that you're getting on with your life and you're being who you are and yeah you know you're obviously happier and it's yeah. just it really it spurs you on a bit you know because there are hard times but you know yeah. those sort of things make it a lot easier so yeah with you being a teacher um what was the reaction with your you know the, the the kids you actually teach you you're you're a science teacher aren't you physics yeah yeah so what, what was your action with the actual kids that you teach on a daily basis well out of 1700 kids i've had four incidents four yeah well that's amazing um, yeah um the head asked me before i went into my first class what are you going how are you going to deal with the kids yeah. um and i said i'm going to just basically head on um, every class I had, I went in there and so said, look, here's the elephant in the room. It's me, even though I've lost a few pounds. But obviously, there are things different. Some of you knew me before, some of you don't know me at all. But for those of you who know, knew me before, um, it's very simple. I've been hiding this for a long time. Um, I'm not ashamed of it. If you have questions, ask them, as long as they're respectful. Yeah. Um, then I'm fine with it. Um, I said, if you accidentally call me sir, then it's an instant detention. Well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said that's fine as long as it's a genuine mistake. Yeah, yeah. But because you have to get used to something new too. Um, is there, and then I went, are there any questions? And none of them had questions. One kid uh, said, 
no, that's fine. You're the same teacher as you were before. So it doesn't make any difference to us. Let's get on with it. Brilliant. Um, another one put his hand up and then went, can I take my coat off, please, miss? <laughs> that's not quite what I meant, but yes, you can. Yeah. Um, and I think they were just a little bit uncomfortable, but I thought it was the best way of handling it. Yeah, just um, being open and honest and yeah, no, don't hide anything. I guess that's yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of them actually respected me for it. Um, because a lot of kids, there's there have been some that said, and I find it really difficult to hear, but have said, you're an inspiration. Um, I'm like, no, I'm just me. You know, uh, I mean, you are an inspiration. You know, it's not easy doing that. What you did in a, in a school environment. I mean, that's, that's like the nightmare scenario, really. You know, yeah. think, thinking back to when you were at school. Yeah, true. And what would have happened then? And now you're doing it, you know, several years later. Yeah, yeah. But the way there's, going to be, there's going to be things in your mind thinking, you know, you know, maybe it's going to go bad. But obviously it didn't. No, I mean, I was lucky. I was very lucky. Yeah. Um, but the way I look at it is, it's, I mean, I've been called brave. Um, and the way I look at it is it's not brave if it's a necessity. It's a necessity. You know, you don't have a choice. Bravery is when you have a choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you don't have a choice, then it's just getting on with it. And I accept that, you know, and it's very nice I'm saying that, but that's not quite the way I look at it. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, absolutely. So there are a lot, sorry, I think there are a lot of brave people around who deserve that title. Um, I don't think I'm one of them. Yeah. I kind of agree. You know, people say that to me too. Mm. You know, you're very brave to have done what you've done and you live, you live a lot, live, you live, you live your life, you know, the way you want to. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm just doing it because I have to. And I don't feel brave. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah, yeah. Very similar feelings towards that. So when you had your surgery, um, you went over to Turkey for that. I did. So was that, I mean, obviously that was self-funded. It was, yeah. Um, I mean, from the, the the day I decided this is what I had to do, I knew it was going to cost a lot of money. Um, yeah. Because obviously, as you know, the healthcare system in this country, although they do an amazing job with most things, and I think we've got a lot to thank them for, um, the government um, are exactly the opposite, and they don't particularly well fund trans healthcare. Um so I got on the GIC list and um, it was amazing how little GPs now. Um, yeah, so which, I mean, you obviously approached your GP and yeah. got a referral. So which GIC were you? Uh, Travis Stock, but, you know. Travis Stock, yeah. Yeah, but the, G, the, the actual GP wanted to send me to mental health before. Yeah, before I mean, me. you don't need to do that. That's not required. No, and I told him that, and he was like, uh, yes, it is, yes, it is. And I'm like, no, please, look, look it up. Uh, it, yeah, it, look it up. Go read, your, go read the proper information. Yeah, um, because it's no longer classed as a... a yeah, it may have been at one point in history, but exactly. not anymore. Um, so funny enough, I was on, driving on my way home, he rang me and said, oh, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I know I am. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we know this fact, yes. Yeah, come back tomorrow and I'll give you a referral. So anyway, I got that, and that was February 2020. Um, and I was waiting and waiting um, and so on. But and eventually, it was actually on tea and coffee, I think uh, Jason yeah. uh, actually told me about Trans Plus. 
Transplus. So Transplus is one of these new pilot schemes similar to the Indigo one that I'm yeah. with in Manchester. And yeah. there's 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 four of these. Apparently there's a fifth one coming as well. Yeah, so I hear. Mm. Yeah. So what, what's your experience of Transplus? Obviously they would have got in contact with you because you hadn't yet received a first appointment with Tavistock. Yeah, I mean, I, I got in touch with them quite a while ago. Um, they said I wasn't eligible, but um, right. funny enough, when I was in Turkey, um, I'm sitting around because with the air conditioning full on because it was too hot to go outside, and I was avoiding catching COVID before me on. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I got this phone call and said, uh, hello, this is Transplus, you're now eligible, do you want to come with us? All right. Um, so did you did you go through that? Should I? Shouldn't I? Kind of. Uh, no, I didn't go through that. No, I uh, I pretty quickly said yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I sent off the old uh, all the, the paperwork, um, doing it on my iPhone, which was a little difficult, but I was determined. Um, and it actually took uh, two and a half months because of my GP not sending the information. Oh. Um, Annoying. And I ended up having to actually threaten them. Um, but as soon as I had, it was amazing because within two or three weeks, I'd had a uh, Zoom uh, meeting. Mm -hmm. um, then a couple of weeks after that, I was up there to get blood tests and everything. I think it was three weeks after that, I got my first meeting with a doctor um, and all my meds, um, which was a, an amazing relief because I've been paying like £350 a quarter for my meds. Yeah. Um, and uh, together with the first surgical referral. Yeah. Um, so, you, you, so you zip through all the appointments pretty much. Yeah. And then about a month, six weeks after that, it was the second surgical referral, which went great. Um, and that's it. And I'm on the waiting list. So I'd sort yeah. of. <laughs> so about, about three months you went through the whole. Yeah. 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 Very similar. Very similar story with me with Indigo. But I, it. I, it, it astonishes me that they are named still part of the NHS. Um, yeah, but it's this, it's this pilot scheme, isn't it? And yeah. the, the, the main purpose of the pilot schemes were to reduce the waiting lists. Yeah, but how can they go through this? How can they justify what they're not doing, how they're not doing this with the GICs? Exactly. You know, if you can do um, it with a pilot scheme, you can do it with any normal GIC, can't you? Exactly. I mean, I, I'm sure you've probably felt this or found the same. With the GIC, you'd send them an email. and it'd oh, yeah, be You don't get a reply. Possibly months before you got a reply. You don't get a reply. Yeah. Um, with with Transplus, you've got a reply sometimes the same day. Same day. You can call your care navigator. You yeah. can speak to them. You can text them. You can email them. And you get, yeah, same day responses. Even, even uh, letters, you know, regarding what you've been speaking about in the appointment arrived the following day yeah you know it's um, just it's just super efficient yeah super fast I'm um, sorry that's the way it should be across the board it should but i mean my surgical uh second surgical endorsement with the psychiatrist um i had that in two o'clock in the afternoon and by five o'clock i had all of the paperwork through um, seeing that I was getting the endorsement, all what we discussed the same yeah. day within three hours, and it was just I just couldn't believe it. Amazing, uh, isn't it? Yeah, uh, apart from being elated that I had my second endorsement and things were moving on. So now um, you're just waiting for the actual surgery. Yeah, yeah, just waiting for my surgical consultations. And so you've not had your first surgical consultation yet. You kind yeah. of in that hub. 
yeah. system they have waiting for that appointment to get processed. Yeah, that takes yeah. a bit of time. Hmm. I think that for me, it took about four months for that to finally come through. I mean, the, the, the guy did say that, you know, um, where I've chosen, I've, I've chosen to go to Parkside. Yeah, that's what um, And he said, don't, I wouldn't worry, because originally I've been told it was two years before you can have surgery, um, which was devastating, really. Um, but the actual couple of doctors have said now, um, no, that's, that's not that bad. It's going to be between six months and a year. So six months, brilliant, if, if I can get it in six months. Yeah, so I think once you've had your initial assessment, mm. if everything's okay from that, you're probably looking at six to seven months after that mm. before you actually get in for surgery. Yeah. So I, I had my assessment a few weeks ago now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I everything was fine. I just need to lose some weight. Mm. So I've got a target that I'm trying to get my weight down to. And once I've done that, I can get myself scheduled in for actual surgery. So if everything goes to plan, we're looking at probably August next year. Yeah. Oh, well, that must be a relief for you. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, it, it, it's, it's great to know that something has been done. Mm-hmm. You're in the system. You're in the queue. You know, it's down to you to lose the weight. So... It gives you a really good incentive. Um, you know, and they've just said, as soon as you've hit the target, let us know, and, you know, we'll we'll schedule you in. I mean, that's fair enough. I'm absolutely delighted with that. Yeah. I knew, yeah. I, I, knew I would need to lose the weight. Mm. You know, it's, it's a safety thing related to, you know, s- surgical recovery and how fast you recover, et cetera. You know, so eliminate the risk of surgery by losing weight. Absolutely fine with that. I knew, I've known for a long time that would be the case. I've only yeah. got myself to blame for not losing the weight. Too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to lose it now to hopefully. You might, you might get a similar kind of, you know, suggestion made to you to lose the weight. So I would recommend to you that you just start doing that anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been watching it and I'm like, I think you could have a BMI of less than 30. Yeah. Um, and I'm at 32 at the moment. Yeah, so you've got a little way to go. Yeah, yeah. but I've lost... Two storm in the last year. So. Oh yeah, so you're on. You're in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Christmas hasn't helped, obviously. No, doesn't. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so really, I mean, it's the giving up smoking thing that'll be hard. Um, yeah. um, but the weight hopefully it shouldn't be. Um, I just need to get a bit fitter because I mean I've been told the fitter you are, the better you're. Yeah, well, the, yeah. The the healthier and fitter you are, the, the better recovery you'll have. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that applies to any surgeon, any surgery. It's not oh, just, yeah, yeah. To, but I have know. asked, um, because when I went for my second referral, um, actually, on my first, I talked about um, perineal pull-through technique, mm. uh, where they take part of your peritoneum and make the vaginal wall out of it rather than doing inversion. Yeah. Um, because you get sort of through lubrication, uh, lubrication and you, you don't have to dilate as much. Um, and there are other advantages. Um, and apparently, Parkside are looking at that. Right. Um, I've been told. So, I, I mean, I'm quite happy to say to them, right, if, you, if I'm the first, I'm quite happy with that. Because it's not a new technique. have been using it for years on cis women anyway. Yeah, I think the way I understand that is that you, you're, you're only offered that if, if there's not enough mm. uh, skin available you know, to do it the, the, I guess, the standard way. Yeah. 
Um, but if that's now a an option, not based on what you have available, hmm. I guess that's something to think about. I didn't really discuss that too much when I was there. I was just kind of discussing the standard method they use. Hmm. The the thing that really was concerning me was actually hair removal, because yeah. you know that can take eighteen months. Hmm. But you know, whilst you whilst you're there for your first assessment, you know they do a quick inspection. Hmm to see you know what how much skin you have available and also to determine if you need hair removal and luckily i don't need any hair removal so that you know that saves you the extra time you know if you if you were having to do that so yeah that was a bit of a worry for me um yeah so i mean it's just down to the, the weight and yeah. off we go but i don't i'm not sure about that technique you just mentioned I mean, I think it's more it's more invasive, isn't it? It uses part of your yeah, it is part of your bowel. Yeah, but it's just a lot more um, better outcomes in yeah. the end. Yeah, um, and I I don't know whether I'll be able to have just the standard technique. Um, mm. I mean, that, that is a worry. I mean, as for hair removal, I mean, I've been having laser hair removal for for quite a while now um and most of the hair is gone anyway yeah um, but just needs a few more sessions i think um so hopefully that won't be a problem but it's just a case of wait and see um and see what they say when i see them yeah absolutely yeah i mean you can discuss all that with the doctors absolutely yeah mm. it's a very quick um appointment it only lasts 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just down a quick chat they go through all the risks um, yeah quick inspection and, that, and ask them a few more questions and that's it mm. so it's absolutely nothing to worry about oh um, no i know i mean i was more worried about the surgical endorsements really yeah that was my main worry yeah the, i was wondering the two surgical endorsement kind yeah. of appointments those are kind of a bit more serious than the first two assessment ones you know because yeah. they, they're going through the risks and then they expect you to kind of recite what the risks are mm. because you know you need to know what they are so make sure you've learned what they are and you can tell us you can tell us what they are yeah to prove that you've fully understood it so yeah, yeah. that was a bit a little bit nerve-wracking before that one but yeah everything was fine yeah i mean they, they did say it to me um uh, about those risks and everything but i was expecting them ask silly questions like did you play with dolls when you were a child and all yeah that? there's none of those stupid questions no um and he said oh, no we don't ask those not anymore he said the, they might do a gic but we don't hear yeah i think some of the old gics do um yeah. but these pilots i think you know they've not been they're not done in the same way at all you know the indigo is the the person who runs indigo is a trans woman mm -hmm. So, you know, most of the um, um, navigate the kind of navigators that you talk to um, are trans or non-binary. So whoever you speak to knows exactly what you're going through. You know, the, everybody's everybody's great and very supportive. I, I found it absolutely an amazing service to, you know, to to use. Yeah, yeah. sounds like you had a very similar experience. I did. Um, it especially saved. Well, well, I don't think it's an underestimation. Saved, saved my life. Yeah. Because I could not have waited. I I read something the other day that there were ten thousand people on the GIC waiting list, 
Um, they were seeing 280 or something people a month, and they were getting 330 people yeah, referred a month. Getting worse and worse. Yeah, um, and they're only just seeing people in two, from referred in 2017. Yeah, so, so if you if you assume that these, let's say, five, um, you know, new schemes that are going on at the moment, um, these pilot schemes, if they're taking 500 each, that that's only going to take you know, two and a half thousand people out of a list of, I think, which is currently 13,000. Yeah. So, you know, other people who've not had the privilege of getting on one of these pilot schemes, you know, if you're in the wrong postcode area, you know, you're just not getting any any service at all. You know, right. still, people are still waiting four or five years for first appointments. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. and I, I feel totally guilty you know, having been so privileged to get on to the Indigo scheme, you know, it's, it's horrible. Mm. I mean, I, and I'm in, a, I'm in a really good position. It must be awful for people, you know, who, who haven't had that privilege, mm. you know, to, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. Um, I, I mean, I, this I, is, it's a they've turned they've turned the trans healthcare into a into a postcode lottery at the moment. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's totally unfair. They need to, you know, okay, you've done your schemes. Let's just accept that they're great and just get on with changing the GICs into a very similar system. What are they yeah. waiting for? There's, there's yeah. no need to wait. No, there isn't, and it's not a lack of funding. It's not just a, possibly a lack of political will. Political um, will. I think that's the case. Yeah, but I feel even more. What who I feel really sorry for is kids. Um, <laughs> Because I see them every day at school, um, and some of them are very well supported by their parents. Others aren't. Um, the one that sent me the email, I don't think his parents are allowing him to take puberty blockers. Um, so he's becoming biologically a young woman, um, and it looks like it's tearing him apart. Um, but he's not able to get help. Um, so, uh, you know, in your capacity as a teacher in that school, are, are you there to kind of help any trans kids that are well, in the school? That's why I want to get this. Uh, I want to get an, an LGBT support group going. Where in your school? Yeah, where it's a safe place for those kids to come. They can see what they like within safeguarding. And obviously, I yeah. have to consider that, but I can keep the vast majority of it private if it's not going to hurt them or someone else um and then maybe i can actually do something about it um yeah. and maybe sort of be in touch with the parents as being the person who's running that group and you know um to say look this this your son your daughter really needs your support here yeah um that's what i'm hoping to achieve um because even if i can get one of the parents to cut turn Around and and give consent for the, their kid to have these puberty blockers. Then you know it's it's may have even saved a life. So if you some some kind of group like that in the school, would that be for parents as well as pupils? Um, I would probably I I was concerned, but intending. I mean, would you to, make yourself available to parents? Uh, yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think that would be an important part of it yeah. um, because. Part of the problem, or not problem, but it's, um, and I don't even want to say ignorance. It's 
just that if I could say lack of knowledge rather than ignorance as a, a kinder way of saying yeah. it, because yeah. if you say ignorance, it sounds as if it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a slant. But it's just that their, their parents are mistakenly doing what they think is best for their kids yeah. um, through their lack of knowledge. Yeah. Um, so if I can actually inform them um, and educate them as well as their kids, then that's going to do some good. That's possibly going to help. Uh, yeah, at least gives them the information they, they may not have. Mm, yeah. Helps them kind of understand what it's like being trans. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, a lot of the parents are really supportive. Um, there are some uh, uh, trans non-binary kids that are really supported um, and LGBT kids. Um, quite a few of them wear quite proudly wear the different flags on their blazer. And I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, the head fully supports that kind of inclusion. Um, and I've, I received an email from one child's mum um, saying that he was worried about, he'd never been taught by, by me before, but he was worried that he was going to come in and misgender me and what my reaction would be. Um, and he said, she also said the way I handled it was the best way I could possibly have done it and that he was really felt at ease and he thought I was a great teacher. Um, and I thanked her for that and said, like, he's, you know, he's a lovely lad, he's, it's fine, he's really polite, hard work and so on. And she wrote back again, just saying, like, you're an inspirational woman. And it was so nice to hear that. So a lot of the parents are really supportive. It's just the ones there where their kids are really suffering for it that I'd like to try and make a difference to. Yeah, I mean, I've recently done some um, training with diversity role models, mm-hmm. and there, what they do is they, you know, they they go into schools and they talk to teachers, and they talk to pupils as well. Um, you know, around, I think currently they have an anti-bullying campaign, and they also they have some uh, role models who are LGBT. So obviously, my involvement will be as a as a trans woman. Yeah. So I've done the training. I need to um, just finish off some paperwork with them. And, you know, hopefully at some point I'll, I can then go into one of these schools. It's all done online at the moment. You don't actually physically go in, but you would have like a Zoom session with teachers, you know, just to talk about your story of being trans and how it affected you. And, you know, answer any questions they have in terms of, you know, supporting kids in schools. And I think that progresses to actually doing sessions with the kids in the classrooms for, you know, as a diversity role model. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've had any involvement with that, but it sounds very similar to, you know, kind of the group that you're trying to set up. Yeah, maybe um... Maybe you could do that in conjunction with, diversity role models charity themselves you know yeah that's, that's a good idea i mean i i do i have actually um uh, registered with diversity role models right but just haven't heard anything back yet um so once that happens yeah it's a good suggestion i could suggest it to them as well yeah i mean if you could kind of work together to do something in your school yeah yeah you know you could be okay. like the, kind of the 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 go-to person for any diversity role models coming in you could you know, present it together. Yeah, 
in your, yeah. in your uh, I mean, I'd love to do so much more. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to start doing something in that area. Yeah, but it's unfortunate I work five days a week teaching and yeah. my head's been so supportive, but I very <laughs> much doubt he's going to the point where he's going to let me have days off. <laughs> this is the issue, yes. Yeah. yeah, I would have the same problem too. I'd have to do it in lunch hours or hmm. whatever. Yeah, so... Um, you, is there any other kind of projects that you're involved with? Or? Um, I've done a couple of I did an education panel uh, Bobby Pickard asked me to do uh, yeah. a few weeks ago. Well, that was really interesting, um, just a Zoom thing. Uh, I think quite a few people were, were involved in that. Um, and I know she was talking about getting me to do other things for, for her, um, which I'm quite happy to do, because uh, I've got to say, Bobby is just an amazing She's uh, lady. Um, yes, absolutely. I don't know how she does it all. And she's I don't know where she gets her energy from, but she's got lots of energy. Yeah. She's helped me so much over my transition at work. Yeah. Um, and she even did a, an afternoon of CPD with the senior management. Oh, wow. Because she knew I was coming out at work. That's amazing. Um, she is. Um, I can't praise her highly enough. And we need more people like her. We do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Her and Sammy and Jason. And, yeah, you know, the whole crew. Yeah, they are just such um, an example to everyone. Yeah. Um, I think without those people, I wouldn't have made it. Um, tea and coffee certainly was a... a yeah, I mean, I look back, you know, tea and coffee was a a great thing for me because I just got to meet so many amazing people through, yeah. through tea and coffee. You know, yeah. it's been amazing. Yeah, and I know it sounds a little bit it's sad and all the rest of it, but I remember the day when Sammy actually um, followed me on Twitter and Bobby followed me on Twitter and I was over the moon. <laughs> they are my two, what well, two of my trans heroes. Yeah. Um, they probably, neither of them would like to be described as that, but that's what they are. Yeah, Bobby, especially, she's, she's kind of, doesn't like to talk about all the awards she's won, although she has won. Yeah, many many awards and deserve yeah. all of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, whatever we can do to help Transit the City with its projects, I'm more than willing to. Mm, me too. You know, do those as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's just Bobby's so busy. She's busy. She's busy. Talking. She's very busy. Yeah. Yeah, she's been keep saying to me, "Oh, we'll have to have a chat about this." Yeah, she said that to me a few times. Yeah, we've, we've not had the chat yet, but yeah. I'm sure it's going to happen. <laughs> it all will happen. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, she's just as, as we said, it's, it's just incredibly yeah. rushed off her feet. Um, I know even and, and I love what they're doing with Trans in the City. You know, that was kind of they went through it at the gala. You know, yeah. with all the new kind of directors and turning it into a proper organisation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fab. You know, that's Emily. Fab. You know Emily, don't you? Yeah, well, I, I don't. Well, Emily. Yeah, she was. Sat, sat with us oh yeah 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 sorry I, I, there's a few emily's so I was yeah. which one you meant yeah of course yeah and she she does so, so much as well doesn't she you know she's i think she's involved with the diversity role model as well yeah yeah um i mean that that girl was just amazing i mean I, the fact i got to meet charlie martin as well yes charlie um, was there yes i did get a photo with her <laughs> yeah me too um I, and she didn't get impatient with anyone, did she? She uh, didn't. She was so lo lovely about it. She's like, yeah, you want a picture? Yeah, okay. And I spoke to her about for a good 10, 15 minutes, and it was just yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> and Nancy Nancy Kelly was there, too. That was, yeah. A, yeah. That was really exciting. So, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. But, you know, I, I, I just want to get in, 
involved in as much things as I've got time to do, really. Um, anything I can do to help with Transit City, anything like taking yeah. coffee, um, because it's just so, both such worthwhile things to do. Um, and it just, you know, it's, I feel like I need to give things back anyway, because yeah. you know, I've had so much support from the community. Yeah. And it is an incredibly supportive community, absolutely. Absolutely, definitely. I mean, I think you know that that message that Bobby was was kind of talking about at the gala around collab collaboration. Mm. You know, we've got all these little organisations doing great things individually. Yeah, but we we kind of lack the collaboration at times. You know, yeah. so I think you know that message that Bobby kind of spoke about. You know, collaborating with industry and all the organizations and there's there's another organization that started up recently called um fgen i'm not sure you've heard of that one no i haven't no um well that, that's that's heavily kind of involved with academics mm -hmm. university professors and stuff um i think it's feminist uh, gender equality network all right okay. so I'm, I'm hopefully going to get involved with that mm -hmm. some podcasts for them so yeah i mean we all need to Kind of focus on collaboration. I think I think that's the way to go with it. Yeah, it's so difficult to do collaboration sometimes, but it is. And some people it's the way forward. Really. But um, and you know, the, the, I've heard the phrase of trans cannibals before, um, and unfortunately, you get some of these people. Um, but they have to realise that if we remain divided, it's like this here with the unions remain divided. Yeah. Um, and with all these different organizations spouting the rubbish that they are the hate that they are um we do need a voice to to fight that we need a strong voice to counter that yeah we do absolutely yeah right well i think um we've reached our, an hour there right. yeah so thank you very much for coming on today it's great no, to talk i've really enjoyed it had a good conversation there yeah um and We'll see you maybe on tea and coffee at some point. Oh, it's definitely. on today, isn't it, actually? It is, yes. I think I'll be there today. Yeah, yeah I'll see you on there later today. All right, Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Catch bye. you later. Bye. Bye. My bad. I forgot to ask the cow goat yay question at the end. Genevieve re requested a, a goat. <laughs>